0: Well, now, for the ultimate internet thinking, they're pretty snide. <laughs> the internet, you know.
1: Yeah. I'm <laughs> aware.
0: They're so, so freaking snide, guys. <laughs> but they can never defeat the Snyder.
2: Oh, Because he's always
0: Snyder. <laughs> No matter how many times they look up no, at it's still him, going. <laughs> he's looking down.
3: This is just the whole <laughs> podcast. Yeah. No, they'll look up at him and say, save us. And yeah. it will be like, no. <laughs> we're sorry.
0: We kept, we we're totally, uh, what's the word? Threatened by how clever you are.
1: Oh God, <laughs> I, I, I can hear, I can hear people listening going, Snyder sucks. What is she talking about?
0: Uh, <laughs> you make me feel things, and he's up there going, I know, I'm supposed to.
1: That's literally my job. I make. I'm movies. supposed to be a
3: filmmaker.
1: Okay, this make- is the longest intro we've ever had. Hi and welcome to behind the hype in the year. so always Brian Dressel with me. As always, is Cherry Darso. Hi. Jonathan Ardissey. Hi. And Matt. Zombie dog dikes. <laughs> I need more talking dogs. I mean you really do, but at the same time aren't you just the well, talking dog if, now?
0: If we're going to do alliteration yeah, with son of sun, night of night, can he be zombie of Zanzibar? <laughs>
3: I'm I mean, really, that.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think anyone's gonna know the Son of Sun Night of Night except for the people on this episode because that's what I named our recording. I'm just still la Like, if you listened to last week's episode, you probably heard me and John uh, have a good laugh at poor Chris Tarot and his stupid, stupid it's name for this movie. <laughs> it's so dumb. I like it. it is so bad. I like it. It's
0: just better for a novel than it is a movie when it comes yeah. to the
1: title. Can't we call it something like poetic, like Son of Sun Night of Night? And <laughs> and Warner Brothers very rightly went no. Yeah. No!
0: Everybody at Warner <laughs> Brothers became Robin on How I Met Your Mother and just went <laughs> at him when he said that. And he's just sitting there like Ted going, I hate my friends.
4: <laughs> the first thing I pictured when um, was, have you seen that gif of the guy with like, the hairnet just sort of looking at, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the, the image I imagine that they all did when he su- suggested that. <laughs>
1: I, I like chris tarot i can't say i love chris tarot but i do like him and this that that's just not his best title um but you know whatever mm. uh so here I we like are chris's side uh, you got one chris <laughs>
0: <laughs> but i'm a fan of alliterations so i'm
1: biased but then again she does hate rise of skywalker so she might not be your biggest fan chris um oh he wrote that yeah i Didn't know he right write that? well i mean that was clearly a hit job. So, like, I don't blame Chris Terrell because he did yeah. write this and Justice League, did which Disney I do enjoy. So,
0: have a gun to his head, going make it palpable for everybody, and just throw in Palpatine.
3: Well, it's the scene in Swordfish where they have to have Hugh Jackman like uh, hack really fast or die while getting a hand job,
1: <laughs> uh, blowjob, sir, blowjob. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was a that was a blowjob.
0: Yeah, but except he did it in that movie and he did it well.
1: Yeah, he pulled it off and he finished.
4: Um... Yeah, I guess uh, I guess we know what happened <laughs> to Chris. He did not finish one of those. <laughs> I'm just picturing Mickey Mouse with a gun to uh, his head whilst he's writing what? a script going, oh, you're going to finish that? Well, Minnie oh, Mouse
2: God. is... <laughs> I was going to
1: say, where's Minnie? But let's uh, let's not do this. Let's not go down this horrible anti-Disney route, which I go down way too often, and it's making me afraid for the rest of my career. So, uh... Me too. <laughs> so let's move into today's episode so if you couldn't tell obviously we're talking batman vs superman uh one of my favorite movies one of my all-time favorite comic book movies statements that i am not ashamed to say in any way shape or form totally serious because i think they're great i think it's just a all-around great movie and i'm very excited to talk about it but before we do i have to dial things back like 2016 when we did our first episode on this one we had some Excellent guests on there. We had a lot of fun talking about it. It was a really, really good episode. But it was a lot of me shouting, like, can you just... No, it's just a good movie. Would you just... It it works! And being told I'm wrong over and over and over and over again, which was fine. I'm I'm not holding on to anything. No harsh judgments. I haven't been secretly plotting John's demise for the last five years, I promise. Oh, Um, shit. (laughs) But there was something I wanted to bring up. And and I want to get your guys' opinion on this, because I thought it was... fascinating at the time but i mostly just kind of moved past it uh when i decided to do the episode on batman versus superman way back when in 2016 i immediately went like i'm not gonna do the theatrical version because fuck it we're gonna do the ultimate edition because i just watched it and holy fuck is it better and i was so excited about it and three different people get this three different people told me that's cheating (laughs) what cheating right and there's a larger conversation here that's probably not for today, but who knows, Ooh. uh, about that John and I keep going back and forth to, which is the internet's reaction and fandom's reaction at large to Zack Snyder. When I said I was going to do the superior version of the film, the reaction was I was cheating so that I could be meaner to it. So that I could be nicer to it. They wanted me to be meaner to it. And I'm just you like
4: two words that just kills the argument, dead. Blade runner.
0: <laughs> All I'm seeing is people looking up at Zack Snyder trying to yell you're not my dad or something
4: yeah like <laughs>
1: it's such a weird reaction like let me say that well, we're going to review Lord of the Rings but we're going to do the extended editions well that's cheating you got to do the theatrical Wh- what? what? we all know what the real editions of Lord of the Rings
3: are and they're four hours long except for Return of the King which is like five hours long but uh, that's well, such a weird it's, a, it's such a weird thing because like with the extended cuts it's not like it dramatically imp- like it's not like it dramatically improves the movies so much towards like well, how could you even stand the theatrical cuts they're still good. I saw the theatrical cuts of The Lord of the Rings four, five, six times when they were out. Each, each, easy. Like, they were still good. This, like, the extended enhances them, and now they're the versions I watch. And, like, in this now post Justice League world where suddenly extended cuts can mean a whole different movie, why wouldn't you go back and try to re examine the superior cuts or try to explore what that means? Like, yeah. I don't think I don't remember ever having a problem with you picking the
4: extended cut thinking like, well, if there's a better version, let's watch that one, right? I mean, I I remember like, I was on a I can't remember what video it was on YouTube, but there's basically someone saying the exact same thing, saying, "No, you can't say that it's a good film because of the extended cut because because the you should judge it on the the one that came out in the cinema." What? What kind of fucked up logic is that? And I just I actually like I don't re- I rarely comment on YouTube videos cuz it's just like Hmm, I'm just going to comment on this and get shouted at and called a wanker or some something, some bullshit like that. But I actually commented on that saying, "Okay," and I said about the Blade Runner thing, and he's like, "Oh, well, that's different." It's like, no, it's not. It's the same fucking thing. It's just
1: made by a director that you happen to enjoy, and you don't happen to enjoy Zack Snyder. And I'm not. We did not start this month, and I'm not even attempting to accomplish this month to make people Snyder fans. Like that's not what we're out here to do. If you don't like his movies, they don't work for you. That makes sense. He makes very bold decisions, and they might bump you the wrong way, and that is absolutely fine. It's the idea that he is a shitty filmmaker because you didn't like his movie that just blows my mind. Like, I will never fully understand it. Yeah. I just can't.
3: And and that's been a lot of the – to start, like, before this month even happened, that's been a lot of the marketing. A lot of the – like, the – a lot of the stuff out online, press releases, articles, blogs – from all the major sources, would have you believe that he is a shitty director and that his fans are a reflection of him. Shitty. Just all around shitty. Everything about him is shitty. And <laughs> it's from this movie on that this turn against him seems to happen, if we're going chronologically from the ones we've discussed. Yeah. Like, from here, probably probably past Watchmen, he, from then on, like, just everyone's turned on him it was it was very
1: much this movie like i like as a snyder fan there was a a a casual to pleasant eye roll when people like you like zack snyder films like i love zack snyder films you get kind of like oh you uh but after this movie it was (coughs) i i would tell people i liked bvs and they would immediately negate my opinion like oh well then you don't know anything about movies and there's something so weird about bvs that it was like the lightning rod that really created uh, a large portion of the community that 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 has gotten so negative. And I'm not saying it's the first and it's definitely not the biggest, but it's one of them. So I kind of want to spend today diving into this movie, talking about what works, what doesn't work. Cause there are, it's a fucking three and a half hour movie or a three hour movie. There are things that don't work. I'm not going to lie. um, But I want to talk about like that at large. Like why did this piss people off so goddamn much? And I, my, my first response and my first answer beyond the theatrical cut, cause like, I'm just going to kind of fucking ignore it is the treatment of Superman. Superman seems to be a huge divisive thing in this movie. Whether you like him or you hate him, and I kind of want you guys' opinions on Superman and BVS.
0: Well, Superman and BVS is sad.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's he's trying to be the Superman we know.
1: Yeah, he's trying to be a Superman that we know in the world we currently live in, which is yeah. Its, we, we we, really like hating
4: people. Yeah. <laughs> like, we really enjoy uh, it. <laughs> particularly people... I mean, there's, people there's that line that... that um, sorry.
0: I was going to say, people love to hate people that are particularly a symbol of everything they're not. Yeah. Uh, so it's really easy to try to tear someone down who you... You're not as powerful or not as educated or not as godly as him. And... That is illustrated in this film while he needs to be destroyed by two men who either have power or want power. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Superman's just trying to be like, but I'm just trying to help people. I'm not even looking for power. This was just given to me. And that is another thing that people resent, kind of like with rich people. You can't you can be mad at the kid for how much they use their parents money, but it's not their fault. They were raised rich.
1: Yeah. and Just like in the actual film itself, like I found it interesting. The fan reaction to Superman in this movie kind of mirrors the reaction to Superman in the movie. Like the you take, for example, the the scene where Scoot McNary dies, uh, his wheelchair explodes and Superman's in the room. And he didn't know that, obviously, he didn't know the bomb was there. As a lead line, uh wheelchair, uh, a thing they left out of the theatrical cut. Huge fucking plot point to leave out of the theatrical cut there, guys. Um, but the so he didn't see it. The world, it blows up. And the world's like, well, Superman was there. Why didn't he save everybody? And then you look at fans, are like, well, Superman was there. Why didn't he save everybody?
3: And it's like, so the movie worked.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you,
3: you, you just said the movie worked. <laughs> I mean, well, there's, there's I wonder, I do wonder if some of this... Is contextual to the time it was uh, it was received, because we're coming at this from a, a Justice League movie that makes all the previous movies in this series make sense, right? But I do remember when first approached with Man of Steel and BVS and a, a darker DC world, a darker Dark Batman has never bothered me, but having a Superman that was darker, a little bit more heavier, a little bit. Less colorful, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it, less bright, um, rubbed me the wrong way, and I think we were coming off of you know the Dark Knight, the Nolan thing, where it was like let's make it darker, more grounded, more realistic, more harder, and there was kind of this, for me, it was an issue when I first watched it of just, okay, yeah, Batman is so dour, he's, you know, he's the, he's the darkness, and Superman's also the darkness, like there was kind of this this vibe going on. With it, where it wasn't quite, we weren't quite sure. I wasn't quite sure of a vision for this. Like, where was this going? Because it kind of seemed like, with the theatrical cut, with the way the announcements were going and the way with Warner's doing their thing, it was like, well, they're just trying to make a Justice League thing happen, but also not giving Superman his due. And when I saw the theater cut, it was like, okay, Superman's in this movie, but where is he? (laughs) He just fights at the end, and then you kind of forget about Clark and forget about all this stuff and. So then, I got wrapped up in that and the narrative around it, yeah. And just and- the complicated history of like going from man of Vers- man of man of steel to having Batman in this, and then it was dealing with heavier issues. And I was like, okay, you're kind of where are you going with this? And I've kind of also over time fallen out with um, uh, Frank Miller, uh, who did like 300 and things like that. So there was like this darker edge that was very unpopular for me. And I, th- I feel like that's maybe where some people are were at with it. And there's lingering elements of that coming into it even now. Which I've had to come at it from a different direction watching it this time.
4: I mean, I can say that like, I was really pig-headed when I first saw this film. I went into the cinema. <laughs> you? No. I'm... No. No, that, Shut that up. doesn't
1: sound like you. <laughs>
4: Fuck off. The zombie dog was pig-headed?
1: <laughs> no. <Nah>. It... <laughs> Because I went. He walked
0: well, in theater with a pig on his head. Oh, oh, I, I
1: didn't understand. Okay. All right, now it makes sense. Go ahead, He was
0: winking the whole movie. How could he enjoy it?
4: It was, yeah. It was very annoying. Um, no, it was because I, I went. I saw Man of Steel. And I just. I had the same sort of reaction to, to it that a lot of people had. It was like, you know, they're just destroying all this thing. There's the. You know, they're, they're killing all these people. And. You know, like Superman is is basically creating this mass amount of destruction, and it's like it seems to be there's no sort of repercussions of that, and I just think I went into it like basically no matter what how good the film was gonna be I was gonna hate it, like, and I only saw the theatrical cut for years up until like you know when the Snyder cut came out and everyone was like rave right, and I thought well I best watch it and I may as, I should probably watch the ultimate cut of. Uh, Batman v Superman and, and, you know, see see what that was about. And the only thing that I can explain is, like, the reason why I hate it is because just pig-headedness of, like, you just, absolute stubbornness is, like, you know, I don't like Zack Snyder. He's not a very good director. I thought Man of Steel was, you know, it's too dark. You know, Superman's supposed to be this bright, shining beacon of hope, and he's just so... He's basically like Batman. He's all miserable. And I need to go back and watch Man of Steel again, to be honest, because I think... Having, you know, the, all the framing and everything of like what's come afterwards, I think they were already they were setting up this because like the opening scene, well, not the opening scene, the the scene after the opening uh, of in Batman vs Superman, we see something we very rarely see in comic movies, and we which is we see the the regular people on the ground whilst these epic battles are going on. You know, we can see. Superman flying around, crashing into buildings at like but we see it as a as an observer as a spectator, and it's it's an a it's a point of view that we never see really, and I think that they intentionally had him create all this carnage and devastation at the end of Man of Steel to address it in Batman versus Superman, you know but because. We didn't realize that it was, and we'd gone off the back of like Avengers had like destroyed half of New York City, and with very little repercussions. And then there was just general outcry in these big superhero films, like you know, there's oh you could all this collateral damage, and no one seems to care. And then like you know they started doing really stupid, like, like throwaway lines of like oh it's okay, we've uh, evacuated this <laughs> this block of New York or something, and, and it's fine now. We can destroy the whole city. It's fine. Um, I mean, they
1: do that a few times in this one, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, oh, we can go to that harbor. It's abandoned. it's abandoned. yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: That, okay. that was the one uh, thing that I found really funny. It's like, oh, it's abandoned. Like, you know, there's, like, the news report going, luckily, it's uh, completely abandoned here. But, like, how how do you know that people are not working late? And and, correct me if I'm wrong, aren't docks usually 24 hours operations as well? Yeah,
1: well, just not in Gotham.
4: (laughs) They're all on strike, is that what it is? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's it's Gotham
3: docks at night. Seriously, shit's going to go down every night. So why? Why would you even work? (laughs) Those are all just criminals, though. Who cares about them?
1: I mean,
0: all of this works into one of my great frustrations when it comes to movies and comic book things in general where people will always say they want something, but then when you give it to them, they're mad at you. Like, I've had so many discussions with people who say, I'm so tired of remakes, why don't they just make something new? And then I'll list a bunch of new movies, and I'll be like, so did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see this? Did you see that? No, that looks stupid. No, but I saw Star Wars. No, no I didn't. that looks stupid too, I didn't want to see that. No, it doesn't appeal to me. I'm like... But... It's that sense of entitlement,
4: not... though, isn't it? It's like, I want, I want, I don't want remakes anymore. Well, we're not, yeah, we're, doing, I did. we're doing new films. I don't like That's those films. We weren't mean, to do new films is like new this? This was a new
0: Batman. This was a new Batman for everybody.
4: For everybody.
0: But it was an old Batman. It wasn't an origin story, which is what everyone always says they're tired of.
1: Well, here. But a...
0: then you get a new Batman, a grizzly, used up Batman, a... which is completely new, and they hate it.
1: Well, because he's he's grizzly, he's used up, and he's fucking done. Yeah, like he has seen all of his all of his work go essentially nowhere. He has left alone. He has Alfred. His Robin has died. Uh, his I, I don't know who the fuck Jack was supposed to be in the building, but that guy died. But like everything that he has done to try to rage this war on crime mm. hasn't gone that well.
4: I mean, even, he is even so says, beaten up and defeated. Yeah, even says in the but, in the film, like twenty twenty years in Gotham, you know we've seen. Yeah. And there's another thing about uh, criminals like weeds as well. Like you know, you pull one yeah. up and another one comes. So he is just completely disillusioned by the whole thing. He even refers to himself as a criminal.
0: And, and yeah. then with Superman, people so many times these days would say, or you know, back when this movie came out, would say. Well, I don't really get into Superman, because how can you relate to Superman?
3: And here's a relatable (laughs) Superman. (laughs) Oh, I hate it. Well, there's always been an interesting thing about Superman uh, in terms of people's response to him, where you don't want just another uh, Christ figure in the sky, arms outstretched like a cross. But then when you're presented with a contemplative Superman, one that wrestles with humanity... um, yeah, he's suddenly kind of like trying it's trying like,
0: to be Christ figure. People are just thrusting that upon him. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. So when a movie ad- addresses that and is actually not that, and and like, I think a comment, there was some, something I read where they were bitching about that in Justice League. But then I was just like, well, in the fullness, in the full vision of this, the three movies, the <laughs> trilogy, um, dare you you've so. got, yeah, <laughs> I, I put on my WB voice. Um, the <laughs> trilogy. <laughs> um, in, the, in the trilogy, um, you've got, something that's far from you've got uh an, imp- an imperfect being whose only perfection is just invulnerability even that's not perfect who has um, uh, emotional worries and concerns and like this movie even complicates that even more especially with adding all the stuff with clark in like uh, <laughs> asking his the ghost of his dad like how do you do it or you know like that kind of that moment of reflection like, you don't get that with the Superman. He's always just been good. So to cast any question on that is scary. Um, and it's something that even in the theater version, I don't, wasn't sure I, re- I didn't respond very well to because it was missing some of that context, but also some nuance of what I want out of my comic book characters. And it's taken a lot of time of just formulaic comic book characters and kind of growing out of that in a way that has made me reapproach this with a more like, this is an, a, an adult dealing with adult issues who was not raised in the most normal, <laughs> who wasn't raised normally, doesn't have a, a guidebook other than just ancient texts and a dead old man, like a dead man yeah. to kind of guide him. And so it's like, of course, of course it's gonna be icky and messy and adult. Well, well there, Super- there's something
1: about Superman in this movie where you get, they never say it because as you know, I, I've said it before in other episodes in this month, but Zach really trusts his audience And what i get from superman in this movie uh and then we'll start talking about other characters here in a minute um but what i get from superman in this movie is that he is a man who wants to be able to help everyone but is aware that he can't help everyone and how can he only help one person if that means two other people are dying and he is constantly trying to juggle that in his head like how am i supposed to help everybody like america wants me to be the american superhero because i'm from america but That would negate the rest of the world that also needs my help. I can't be everywhere at once. How am I going to do this? You see that in Henry Cavill's face throughout almost the entire film. He is literally carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders as Superman would, but he doesn't know how to do it. He had no one to teach him how to do it. I love, love the version of Superman. That is good through and through knows what he's doing. That version of Superman is great. It's awesome. That doesn't mean that this version of Superman isn't also great and awesome. It's a totally different thing to sink your teeth into. This is a this is a comic book character. This is a comic book being written by
4: a different writer. Things are going to be a little wow. bit different, but that doesn't mean the characters aren't the same. Yeah. You've got that whole montage sequence. I'd say montage. I don't know if it's technically a montage, but it's um it's just after the uh, the day of the dead thing and you've got all those talking heads talking about Superman. And, oh, all
1: those Frank Miller TVs.
4: Yeah, and it just it contextualizes Basically, what you're saying there of like you know, Superman is is an alien, and like you know, people's opinions on on him as well. Like you know, and and our reaction to you know what what would the world's reaction be if a all powerful godlike alien came down? People would, you know, religions would sprout up about him or cults at the oh, very sure. least. You know. And you know, I think the the Neil deGrasse Tyson thing, uh, what he says, really sort of like sums it up really well. I think where he's basically saying about throughout history, humanity has kept finding ourselves less and less important in the grand scheme of things. You know, we're not the center of the universe. We are not really designed because of Darwin evolution. We are, you know, we are a ha- happy accident. And now when and then when Superman comes along, we're not even, you know. The important, the most important, or the most evolved being on our own planet, you know, because yeah. there's Superman there, and there's the whole conversation with the senator as well, where that um, the guy saying to her, you know, could would you want to say to someone Superman could have helped you, but we didn't think it was appropriate, or how whatever he actually says uh, to the senator, and, and then does the This question of, you know, should there be a Superman? And she just says, there is. And, yeah, it just, it really contextualised that whole thing of, you know, he is just trying to save people, do good, but people are putting, um, you know, our laws on his actions. So there's that one guy who says that every action is a political action in the world. Not to Superman, it's not.
1: Yeah, Superman is there to help people. Yeah. Full stop. That's it. So,
0: in that philosophy, you get back down to the gritty bare bonesness of man, of humanity. Yeah. uh, On our constant desire to assert control over our environment. Yeah. And whenever, generally, universally, whenever man can't do that, man, woman, whatever, um, they try to destroy the object. Yeah. yeah. And then it's illustrated here. They're like, we got to destroy Batman. Or not Batman. Batman.
1: <laughs> Batman's needs to destroy, destroy Superman. Superman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, he does his damnedest. He dies. Um, let, let's actually talk a little bit of bats. Uh, Batman came onto the scene to a, a gargantuan windfall of. No Ben Affleck as Batman, mother right. of God! I'm and gonna... now fast Jennifer... forward to 2021, and people are like, can we please give Ben Affleck his Batman movie? Just give him his Batman movie. <laughs> I just, first, <laughs> I said this reasons? at the time.
0: Dating Jennifer Lopez just ruined him for everybody. It really did. I don't under. He made that stupid movie. I never even saw that movie. Jersey Girl. No. Get Jiggly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> call it Jiggly. Just call it Jiggly. So much better. <laughs> Getting Jiggly with it. Jilly. Jilly. Yeah.
0: And he never really recovered in a lot of people's eyes. No. On Daredevil. He's like
1: winning, like, oh, and Daredevil. Yeah, there's also a rough one. Was but, like, he's an Academy Award-nominated guy now. He's an Academy Award-winning writer for, for uh, what was that? Good Will Hunting. Like, he, this guy has chops. But still, him as Batman, people blew the fuck up.
4: Mm-hmm. I was like, I'll watch it. Well, this is the thing, right? I and I remember saying this at the time because I was still feeling a bit positive, even though I was still being Mister Negative after Man of Steel, like oh, DC moves are shit. Um, but if you go back through history, or at least film history, anyway, and look at all the actors who were cast as Batman, <laughs> Michael Keaton, yeah, oh, he's going to be the Comedian. worst Batman ever. He's going to be, the, he's going to be shit. Fucking great Batman, you know? Christian Bale, oh, what was this guy? You know. You know, I comparatively newsies. What like the great, fuck? But yeah, but look, do you, do you know the people, the Batman, who people didn't have an issue with, George Clooney. That's true. That was like, yeah, <laughs> this guy not- will be great. Oops. Yeah,
0: it's the hair. I'll fully admit it's the hair, and you're like George Clooney. That hair carries you everywhere.
1: Even in uh, ER, when he had the Caesar cut.
0: We all make mistakes in our
2: life. <laughs> His acting got
1: him through that one. But you're Matt. You're spot on. I never even thought about it like that. Like, because it's one of those things where I still know people who hate Ben Affleck's Batman, and I'm like. In, did you watch in the movie? Opinion, <laughs> yeah, in, in my did, humble opinion, I Ben said, Affleck is the best Bruce Wayne slash Batman we've ever had. I'm I not had saying we'll ever have, but so far, yes. Yeah. I told
0: you how I had a guy uh, at catering once at work to call me a fucking idiot.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, I like Ben F- Affleck's Batman. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Jesus. He ended up
0: getting fired <laughs> off our show later because he was a he was not agreeable. No, the really the
1: guy no. who called you a fucking idiot cuz you like an actor?
0: I didn't turn him in. So I just <laughs> wonder what he said to the person well, that did.
3: <laughs> it's it's been the response to Batman has always been interesting to me just because I've generally never subscribed to the like, oh so and so actor, oh great, what are we in for? Um and I don't know, just coming off of I think maybe it's because of the frequency of Batmans. We've I've had yeah. we've been inundated with so many Batmans. I remember back in the day, my my thing was like, ugh, more Batman. It was more of like just the character in general. I was fatigued on the character because I had just come off of at least two out of the three Arkham games, a bunch of uh, cartoons and comics, and just like, okay, I've had, I I, I feel like I got Batman. This this may, like, I'm good. And then there was even more. So coming into it in the beginning, it was all like, oh my goodness. So it was never about the actor so much as just fatigue of Batman in general. So I wonder if people, I feel like there might be that in, involved in that, some of the response then, that might be on the top, actual like on top of the
0: other reasons the yeah. same being a different type of Batman.
3: Well, that's the other thing is yeah. like, this is the most comic book accurate
1: Batman. I, I will stand by that statement, uh, feet firmly planted in the mud. Cause like he legitimately feels moves, acts, talks like a comic book character. Like this guy, like like when you see him fighting, like especially when he's fighting Doomsday at the end of the movie, like it doesn't help that he does freeze frame a few comic covers every now and then, but like he he moves like Batman from the comics. Yeah. Like he is there. He is way out of his league, but he's not moving. Like that is Batman. That is Batman looking at a god in the face and going, "I can dodge it." <laughs> he does.
0: <laughs>
4: Yeah, unlike Brock, he actually does. And then
0: he picks up his little gun and goes, pew, pew,
2: pew!
4: It's, it's always the way, though, yeah. isn't it? With um, with Batman, there's always these things of like, oh, who wins in a fight? Batman versus Thor. And it's like you are literally putting a god up against a guy, you know, a, a rich kid with a load of toys.
0: Exactly, he's rich. <laughs> That's his super.
4: He even says that in this. In paper, Just right? League. Yeah, Justice, League. Oh, Justice League, he says it to Flash. Yeah. Yeah. What's your superpower? I'm rich. <laughs> has yeah, been a I joke. Know. Like it's been a joke throughout all time when people talk about superheroes. Like, well, what is Batman's super superpower? Well, he's rich. He's got all the money to buy these and build these um, pieces of technology. And the, I love how they. I know um, that'll be a discussion for next week, but I do like how they actually point that out. In in one of the films like, you know, Yeah, my superpower is that I'm Rich. Yeah. Yeah. You know what would be really funny and, and,
0: is if Jeff Bezos has a Batman suit that he likes to wear around. Jeff the Bezos
4: house.
1: is Lex Luthor. We all saw him in his mech suit. Yeah. But he no, probably he
0: sees himself as a Batman.
1: Well yeah, everyone sees themselves as the hero in their own story, <laughs> but we know he's Lex Luthor. Yeah, he, <laughs> right, he even
3: right. looks like Lex Luthor. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I Well, and it's interesting coming back to Batman. Backward in all of this. Just because now we're in a post like Arkham Knight game world and we've had some time to settle on what Ben Affleck was doing with this Batman. And having the you know, for better or worse, the conclusion to this Batman thing in Justice League, having that context really helped. And I I think his journey in this movie with the next movie is very compelling. Especially when you have stuff like <laughs> his introduction to what life is like is his parents died. So you have to force, you know, you use force to make your reality to where next week we'll be, we'll be talking about a Batman who says, you gotta have faith, Alfred.
1: He also says, I will fucking kill you. So let's, you know, let's let the haters get their little uh,
4: spoonful of sugar there. Well, Um, he says, says but but also in this film, to be honest, you just don't hear it. Like in that yeah, opening it's just scene. muted. The... You clearly see it though. Yeah, in the opening yeah. scene when he's driving around the thing, you see him mouth fuck, and it's like
2: yeah, yeah,
1: um, so yeah. There's two aliens raging a war above their city. Yeah. I would say fuck too. I'd yeah. probably say it a few times. I'd say it way more um... than a, than a few times. I'd, I'd just be running my good fuck, 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 fuck. By the
0: way, <laughs> his hair there is amazing,
1: and I love his pants. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, that sounds like a weird thing to say, but now when you watch the opening of this movie, you're gonna pay attention to his pants, and you're gonna see what I'm talking I, about. I,
4: are, I know that I will.
0: Fashionably business and athletically useful.
4: Oh yeah, these are some nice pants. Yeah. For granted, they, a billionaire owns them, so I would expect them to be. Yeah. He's. We- I'm sure. I'm sure he's wearing business shoes as well when he's doing. You know that workout scene. I was watching. I was oh, watching yeah. it The last time, I'm sure he's wearing business shoes when he's doing his pull ups or something. I'm like, why? What? What are those shoes he's got? Because he's on? Batman. Because it's uh, harder to
0: stand with no traction. Yeah,
1: because he's Batman. Anyway, so I, I have this thing that John was kind of touching on, and I want to I want to jump on it before we completely lose the thread. But I, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, so John was talking about like what Batman was doing, or Ben Affleck. Like, fuck. Ah, fuck. I'll keep Batman. So what Batman was doing with this character in this movie was. You didn't quite say this, but I think you're kind of nudging at it, was his arc in this movie is not complete. It's completed, or at least more so completed, in Justice League. Very much like Superman 2, which is tough to say when you die at the end of the movie that your arc isn't complete yet, but that's where we are. Um, There's something that I think the audience, at least for this movie, uh, specifically for this movie, was trained to not expect. Like, we've gotten so... So inundated with these Marvel movies and these Marvel comic book movies and how Marvel approaches their movies, and I'm not taking shots at Marvel. I think it's like everything they do has been good. Um but the way that they treat their quote unquote connected universe is by having standalone films that by and large button up at the end. Uh spoilers for WandaVision, I'm sorry, Matt, I know you haven't seen it, but that show ends with a complete button up like we're like okay so what happened to vision vision is totally fine what happened to her children her children aren't fine but they are alive and she is looking for them like you were finished with a button up that everything that you were worried about is going to be fine in the next thing these movies do not do that your arcs are left wide open And there could be something in that that really kind of bumped people. Like, when Zack Snyder said that from Man of Steel to the end of Justice League 3 was a five-movie arc, I think what people thought would be, like, a thematic arc or maybe a story that took over those things. But you'd still get standalone movies in there. And although you do get standalone movies, your characters do not here. Like, your your Batman story is not in this movie
3: entirety. You need Justice League to get that full thread. And I think it's just... In the grand scheme of thing, with comics in general, just we've kind of forgotten how to let threads hang. And I mean, hey, I'm raising my hand here, victim of this, having that same problem the first time I encountered Batman v Superman. I was expecting that this to be like a complete movie from beginning to end. It's tidy, and that there's like a a comfort blanket that we've been trained in, like twenty some movies, to expect, like you said, a button up. But like, if you just backtrack, not even very long you've got the lord of the rings movies <laughs> which they don't button up it's just beginning of the first one the second one with no beginning and end and the third one and it carries across multiple movies and things change we're not used to like change that can be tracked from movie to movie and have to go back and watch it all as a cohesive unit i mean We've done that with TV, and yet somehow we can't do that with movies. It's a very weird adjustment in how we watch things. That we've kind of been trained out of the proper way to watch
4: a multiple movie saga. I kind of feel like Lord of the Rings gets away with doing that more because they're scene of classic books, and like you know, this is just oh, it's just a comic book movie. It's just dumb summer blockbuster fun. Whereas it's actually taking it like in a much more mature. Where, you know, like with Marvel, you know, I, 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 I do enjoy well, I, Marvel, I but an it example is, of... it's, so, it's so sort of like, you know, everything is, everything has a joke. You know, like you can't just have like, a dramatic beat linger. You've got to have like a joke at the end of it. And it, it, that is basically how comic book movies are being seen. And if you've got these... It's a film that's trying to do it in a more mature way, it's gonna be judged against those other films. So like immediately if you're going in saying, saying that we're gonna do like a Lord of the Rings style thing of like, you know, we're not gonna tie everything up at the end, we're gonna like continue it on. It's gonna it's gonna irk people a bit and they're gonna be like, Well you know, I don't have the complete movie, this this is rubbish.
3: Um Yeah, And and the um, reason I brought up the Lord of the Rings thing too is just because Batman and Superman are classic. And I would I would consider them classic in the same way that like we treat the older literature, like Lord of the Rings, they're, they're classic stories. Batman and Superman have become classics in just longevity. So like to go back to that and make it something big and something epic, it's like you have to do it a different way. Yeah, well, you yeah. have
0: to also think of it in the terms of how you mentioned how we're okay with it with TV, uh, cinema. Again, like nature, you don't really have control over it. You go to a movie theater, sit down, you're at the mercy of the creators and the movie theater to watch that movie. And then you have to wait.
4: Yeah, you can't just pause it to to, to nip to the toilet. Uh,
0: Yeah, you're not at home watching The Office for an entire week to watch the entirety of the show again. And coming and going whenever you feel like. Like, you have to wait. And that makes a lot of people mad.
1: Well, and especially in a movie like this, because like, what you're waiting for, like what you were just given, I mean, to use Chris Terro's, uh terminology here, and I feel like we do need to talk a little bit more Lex Luthor and Wonder Woman before we're done with this thing, because they, they were both amazing.
4: Well, there is, there is a point I want to mention about Batman um, before we move on to those. Um, sure, sure. So, I was, I don't, this only really came to me uh, the last time I was watching it, and, you know, if everyone else has been thinking this throughout the entire thing, I, I've, missed, I've missed that discussion online. But I genuinely think that like the reason Batman goes after Superman so hard is you know, he, he's he's taken a darker path and it's very heavily implied he's only just started, like, you know, the the branding is, is a new thing. And Batman in this movie is suffering from PTSD as a direct result of what happened in Metropolis at the start. And he is oh, he is sure. looking at Superman and You know, he is the target. He is the reason, like, you know, there's a lot lot of sort of stigma around mental health and things like that, and PTSD is a mental health thing. And people who can't deal with the fact that they have a mental health issue focus on something and try to blame that rather than trying to get help. And I feel like that Batman in this is sort of focusing on Superman as the problem and if he gets rid of that all his problems will go away you know his his cure of ptsd is kill kill superman
0: that's the embodiment of batman (laughs) well yeah (laughs) i have ptsd from when i was eight yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs) well and, and and it's weird to think about it that when you when you're approached with this movie that this movie actually decided it was interested in tackling that through two movies and tackling batman And dealing with this, and in a tidy world, you don't get to. You have a few jokes, and you top, you know, know, head over to the uh, (laughs) to the bar for a pint. But they focus on it. They spend time on it. And and watching it again, I just kind of forgot how much time we spend with Batman, um. And then his arc, dealing with forcing reality to be what he needs it to be, and working through that it's some powerful stuff in the context of what we have now and
1: to everyone who's just like ben affleck sucks in this i'm like he crushed this role like he did exactly what he did and that's not even talking about like the warehouse fight which is uh we were talking in our our chat before we ever recorded like that might be the best hand-to-hand fight in any comic book movie it is easily the best batman we've ever seen on screen as far as a combat scene goes it's incredible it just feels like batman but beyond that, like he does a great job with them.
4: I can't think of a single movie that's come close to that. To be honest, you know, we were just we were talking about like Daredevil with the choreography of the the hallway scene, and and then there's the the Punisher sure. rescuing scene from season two as well. Uh, but they series.
0: Those are all just harnessing the raid. Well, honestly, so
1: so was this one a little yeah, bit? Yeah,
0: like, all of this is just going. We all saw the raid and we
1: liked it. Did we we'll see the raid? That was fucking cool.
4: Even the CW is doing it with Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's do
4: that. <laughs> that's a, that's How been a thing through cinema Batman. like for years, hasn't it? You know, like look at the whole boom of comic right book up. movies. Iron Man mm-hmm. came out and everyone's like, "Oh, this will be really good." Oh, oh, they're actually doing a, a shared universe. Let's uh, everyone do a shared universe now. I mean, like to the point where we've got, you know, they tried to do a shared universe with fucking the Mummy and. Dr. Jekyll, and then we're going to do what Frankenstein as well or something.
1: Yeah, that, that was great. We're still in on the <laughs> sequel, aren't we? Was I the only one who liked it? <laughs>
0: Don't get me started on how many issues I still have with The Mummy. That
1: movie sucked so hard. Something I want to mention this movie uh, as we kind of move into Wonder Woman and whatnot, and it, it definitely carries over to the next film. And it's definitely something that I have not seen a lot of other comic book movies, not just Marvel, just any comic book movie in general, really, really sink their teeth into, and they They do a great job here, and it continues into Justice League. They really let their superheroes be flawed. It's something that Paramount was hinting at when they still owned Iron Man, but then that got washed away. But there is something... The age-old rule, soft rule doesn't mean shit, is that Marvel is uh, humans trying to be gods, DC is gods trying to be humans. When you have that sort of... uh, Aspect of things, your gods are going to be very flawed beings because they're trying. Just the aspect of trying means that you're probably not going to be succeeding 100% 100 of the time. Um, Just listen to Yoda. Uh, So there is something really kind of interesting that Batman is flawed. Superman is flawed. Wonder Woman is very flawed. And they do this all very well without like just going like, here's Batman, and just having Alfred just like blatantly say, You know you have PTSD, right? And Superman's <laughs> like, I just don't know how to be a hero. And one woman's like, I just don't <laughs> want to do it anymore. Like they just show you. They don't tell you. And one woman leaving the world of man for a century, I'd say is a pretty big fucking flaw.
0: She didn't leave the world. She just uh, Well, those sequels
1: weren't planned yet. <laughs> <laughs> She just did her thing. <laughs> yeah, she just waited around 60 years to bang some stranger she thought was her boyfriend. We're not going to get into 1984 here. Oh, no, uh,
0: let's not get into that. <laughs> let's just talk about how awesome her wardrobe was while still being empowering. And how
4: good all the promo art was. Man,
0: I'm, that was no, all great. I'm talking about this movie.
1: Oh, <laughs> this movie. Okay. This movie, I think she's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just Before
4: you, before we move away from that, I just want to say that I'm still mad. And still mad, very mad about uh, the fact they dropped the demon in the bottle storyline from Iron Man 2 still incredibly yeah. mad because that is set up so much throughout that first film.
1: Yeah. And then they even start doing it for like a hot minute in the second one and then it's like, nah, let's just oh, have
4: don't get me on him just pissing in the suit and that that's all you get. It's like, no.
3: <laughs> yep. yep. Let them fight. Let, let,
1: let them <laughs> fight. <laughs> uh um but let's let's talk a little Wonder Woman and our flawed superheroes. Uh Wonder Woman this movie, now correct me if I'm wrong, uh it, or I guess if you disagree, it would be a better way to say it. If Wonder Woman hadn't been spoiled with Doomsday and everyone well before the movie ever came out, which to me just said, like, Warner Brothers was terrified, no one was going to see this movie. Like, look, Wonder Woman's, please come see this. <laughs> if that hadn't been spoiled, would anyone else been going, so that's Selena Kyle?
4: Yes, I would definitely have been.
1: Uh I don't think so. Cuz you only see her interact with Batman. If you saw her interact with Superman ever, I'd be like, "Oh, then it's Wonder Woman." She... But if you only see her slink around Batman, I'm like, "That's Selina Kyle. We're getting Catwoman in this."
4: Cool. And she's doing very sort of thiefy stuff as well. You know, yeah. she is she does come across very much like a Catwoman character. And even like knowing that she's Wonder Woman, I still huh. I still feel like they were they were aiming to make the it audience like feel like she is Catwoman.
1: I think it was intentionally um, – I could be wrong here. I'd be loving to, like, hit up uh, Zach on Vero. Like, were you trying to make us think this was Catwoman and then Wonder Brothers just spoiled it for everyone?
0: It could, it, it could be a mislead, but I like looking at it from the perspective of, okay, so Wonder Woman is not an active participant in the last 100 years, but she's been watching. Yeah. Uh. So that's how I feel about her in this movie. Like – She's a very powerful woman. She knows how powerful she is. She doesn't need anyone to tell her. No. So she's just keeping tabs. And then she, she ends up at this party where you have three of the most powerful men in the world. And all and- three of them are plotting in some way. And so she's there keeping tabs.
1: And given how smart they make Wonder Woman in this movie, I'm guarantee- guaranteeing she's like, that's Superman. That's Batman. That guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. That's what she's doing right there. <laughs> See? And that's then kind she of interesting. And she waits
0: until she figures out that she actually needs to intervene. She's like, all right, all these guys are in over their heads. I need to go help them.
3: Yeah. Well, because, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in you saying that now that I've been... You, you've made me think back here. Uh, how dare you? But just the presentation <laughs> of her as a character, because, yeah... If we didn't know anything about Wonder Woman coming in, I don't know if I would have had any inkling that a Wonder Woman character was going to be included. I mean, I guess I've been far enough away from a Batman and a Superman to not necessarily associate that that you'd naturally have to bring in Wonder Woman. Like I've been far enough away, right? Whereas, like we're not we're you know we take for granted a lot of the givens that we get out of a lot of Marvel stuff. It's like, oh, obviously this is going to be obviously, but we've been far enough away from Batman, the, the 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 superhero Trinity here of the DC universe. That, yeah, maybe I would have, like, I would I would have been taken for a loop to see Wonder Woman appear if there had been no revelation. Maybe not necessarily think of Selena Kyle because again, far enough away. Um, but I would have been surprised, and that might have been a very interesting surprise to have for a movie. I mean, yeah. granted, we don't we don't live in that world anymore. We can't not be like we can't not be spoiled all the time. But to have it misdirected like that, yeah, it just I... adds a point in the movie's favor.
1: I think. I honestly think it would have worked me being the comic book nerd that I am and how much I love DC and how much I want to be the one to figure it out. Like I'm that guy. Like I don't go trailer diving, but when I'm sitting in the movie, the whole time I'm in the movie, I'm like, all right, what's this? What's this? What's this? I would have been like, that's Selena Kyle. Holy shit. Selena Kyle. When are they going to say Selena Kyle? How- it's definitely Selena Kyle. And then at the that moment, when she lands at the fight with doomsday with the, the arms, of the X, and you get that awesome uh, junkie XL music that just comes blaring in. I would have been on my feet jumping for joy in the theater. But since I knew it was coming, it's still an awesome moment. Don't get me wrong. Amazingly well done moment. But it didn't get me out of my seat. And thanks a lot, WB, for your marketing. I mean,
0: so you do have the misdirection with all that. But again, she's very much Wonder Woman in the way she's dressed.
1: She is you're right you're absolutely right but I, I think i still would have been caught off guard yeah. i think f- me knowing what i know i still would have been caught off I guard. Feel like granted we were... the, the reveal also happens before she shows up because they have the photo it's like it is you and then you get that little bit of the music yeah but
0: i saw I would you would have i feel like in that situation you would have leaned into me and be like i think that's selena kyle <laughs> and i'd be like but she's wearing red and gold
1: and i be like that's selena kyle and you're like that's wonder woman i mean like Fuck, you're right. Goddamn. Because
0: <laughs> Zack Snyder tells story with more than just characters; he tells them with atmosphere, and costumes is part of your atmosphere. I'm so
1: glad it didn't happen like this, because I'd have been sitting in the theater just fuming that I was wrong the whole time. Like, goddamn it! We just get to Wonder Woman already. Uh, kind of like that
0: moment in—I'm gonna have to go to Marvel again. Uh, not Marvel, so well, kind of Marvel in last or rise of skywalker oh yeah i leaned in on you and said on your left the only thing i enjoyed in that movie
1: was was that moment
4: um i think the only thing that would have made me question that it's selena kyle is the accent everything else she comes across very much like she could be selena kyle you know like scoping out some someone that she's gonna gonna rob
0: Her with an accent. I mean, they used to do that to women to make her sensual by default all the time.
1: She's an international jewel thief. Maybe she didn't start in America. Like, Like, there's things that would have been there. But either way, like, Gal Gadot played the role mysterious enough. Like, she nailed that whole, like, yeah, she's kind of a friend, maybe, maybe not, but she's also kind of doing her own thing. Like, she played that well enough where. It legitimately would have kept the audience guessing. Even if they wouldn't have been spot on like Chewie, they might have been wildly off the mark like me or whoever else. There
0: would also have been people thinking she's Talia.
1: Or Talia Agul. Like, there would have been people speculating. Uh, and that, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I think Zach and Gal and everybody involved, they did a great job crafting an actual mysterious character, which I think was really cool. And, and even though the mystery is ruined for us, she still does a great job with it. She, I love the way that she interacts with, uh, with Batman, like the whole, oh, you think you have the upper hand in these situations. Like, especially when Batman grabs her like that super masculine, you're a fuckhead if you ever do it to someone, the grabbing the woman right above the elbow. Like He does that to her, and she just kind of smiles and moves along with him. She's like, I could rip your arm off and shove it up your ass and have it come popping out your mouth, <laughs>
3: but I won't. I do remember that line of dialogue in this cut. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great line, though. So, if, I mean, if
0: have done that to me, I'm like, you're lucky I'm not punching you in if,
1: the face right now. If you do that to a woman and she's holding a knife, it is legal for her to stab you. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, but, you know. Or
0: to touch the center of our back. Or to put your hand on the back of our neck. Yeah. Don't do that.
4: Yeah. You get stabbed. <laughs> if you don't know them, that is. Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> the, I mean,
3: the, I the, there's there's variations I to mean, every rule.
2: <laughs> to me,
0: the, the hand on the back of the neck is always just men trying to possess women, and I never like it.
3: Mm-mm. True.
1: Granted, Batman doesn't do that to Wonder Woman. He does yeah. grab her by the elbow, though, and she just kind of politely he's smiles.
0: trying to assert his dominance, and of course, she's Wonder Woman. She's like, that's cute. Yeah, that's cute. Oh, Look at you being a cute little man. <laughs> I'm a it, it, begin, it begins it begins a, a trend
3: in this that moment, it begins a trend of her kind of outsmarting Bruce Wayne from here into Justice League. And it's a it's a fun little moment. Especially when she breaks through his complete like his entire security in mere moments. And it's just like I like that and that this the next movie calls back to this. Like oh her God. little her little um cat and mouse little game that she's playing like I'm smarter than you, Bruce. You may be rich, and you may be super intelligent in the trained ninja but i've got ears on you i'm smarter than you and it's it's a fun physical and mental banter that they have that the two actors play so charismatically off each other that it's just entrancing to watch
1: and the way she belittles him is so wonderful just she totally does that you boys don't know how to share (laughs) like
2: it's just like (laughs) This is, yeah. Are,
0: this movie's all about men not knowing how to share. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lex practically says it several times.
1: Lex Luthor, let's I I would love we, to keep we talking don't one really one talk about. We need him. to talk about Lex Luthor. Like if I'm trying to talk about all the stuff that I thought got a a shitty shake in the first run of this movie, Lex Luthor is still getting that now. From friends of mine, friends of mine that I have gotten to watch this movie and have then gone, "All right, you're right. It is way better than I thought it was," which is quite a lot of my friends after justice league. It is like, it's been good for me. Um, (laughs) vindication. Oh, it's, it's the amount of people that have called me or texted me be like, Nope, it's good. It's just been like, it's like an emotional shower every time. It's just so good. Anyhow, they still, most of those people are like, man, that is so much better than you said. It was Jesse Eisenberg still sucks.
0: Again. It's something new that they didn't, that they, they wanted something new, but they didn't want that kind of new.
1: Yeah, they wanted like the John Cryer from Supergirl version of new. And don't get me wrong. Or just, they
3: just wanted, John they wanted Crier the Gene Supergirl Hackman John Cryer was thing. phenomenal.
1: He, he was great. But it was a very classical take on Lex. This is not a classical take on Lex Luthor at all. Well, this is
0: a new Lex Luthor. This is a millennial Lex Luthor. This yep. isn't a baby boomer, I already shaved my head Lex Luthor.
4: See, I, I, yeah. I genuinely believe that the classic Lex Luthor is his dad. You know, his dad was called Lex Luthor as well. It's very quick... But there's that, that conversation where um, he's talking with the senators about, oh, no, 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 the, the company's named after dad, not me. That was just a thing that he told um, rich old ladies to, to, to get money, like write checks for Lex. So they're both called Lex Luthor. He's Lex Luther Jr. So the people who are complaining about yeah. he's not the classic Lex Luthor. Your classic Lex Luthor is his dad. He's just, you know, he's born into this. And he's probably still out there somewhere because he's, he's not said to be dead. He just disappeared.
0: And he has massive daddy issues. Yeah. So he, oh, goes, yeah. he goes along with them so well. Because his daddy issues, again, Like he has his dad on a pedestal. His dad was his god, essentially. He's you kind of feel from it. And his dad instilled all this ideas of heaven and hell, power, no power, how to rule the world, essentially, into his son. And he's both of the things that these other two men aren't. Lex Luthor is not the richest man. Bruce Wayne is the richest man, so yep. he hates him. Uh, and he doesn't have the physical prowess of Superman, so he hates him. So he, what does he do? He takes the two effigies, not, I don't know effigies are the right term, just the symbols of everything that he's not, even though he should be, because he is white, young, and has lots of money and power, but will never be their equals, and tries to negate them by making them fight.
1: Not just make him fight make one of them kill the other one
0: yeah so then therefore pushing himself up the food chain mm-hmm. and he fails so therefore he goes to the highest food chain in his space
3: and there's also something <laughs> well, he, that we, he fails we, but oh
4: go ahead
1: uh, i was gonna say there's something we touched on the first time we reviewed this that i wanted to circle back he he does show that he is an act yeah the lex luther the the millennial like jokey guy is an act yeah because he drops it a few times every time he drops it there is lex Luthor, and that's when it's like oh wow this guy is doing backflips in this role like when you see him just within the center like the scene everybody makes fun of where uh um, he shoves the jolly rancher in the guy's mouth that is intimidation 101 like this guy he, like he's jokey he's playing basketball and people show up he's like oh you know my dad was lex and and then when he finally gets this guy corner he's like all right so what do you want All the jokes are gone. He is dead eyed, like locked into him. Like, you are going to listen to me now. Like, the amount of switch is great. When everyone's like, the switch isn't there, I'm like, then you didn't. You made up your mind before you watched the
4: character. Yeah. Yeah. And people had an issue with him having hair. It's like, I'm sorry. Gene Hackman had hair throughout that entire first Superman film. Yes, they were wigs. Yeah. But, you know, he still has a head of hair. Like, it just felt like people were just picking him up. I saw that complaint too, and it.
0: They don't, as far as I know, my limited knowledge of prison and jail is they don't shave your head when you go into it. Ah,
1: it's they... Blackgate. Whatever <laughs>
2: Blackgate does. Who knows?
3: <laughs> yeah, but I, I did want to draw, like, in our whole conversation with Lex, and people seem to dismiss him because either they don't like Jesse Eisenberg or they just don't like what this movie does to subvert their expectations on him. But uh, this struck me as watching, while I was watching it this past time, he's good at what he does. He he's a good villain. He, he, and I say that because he's almost successful. He almost wins. We, we mentioned that he fails, but he almost doesn't. And it's fascinating watching his moves because he's almost one step ahead of everybody. And it's kind of funny when we're, we're trying to compare this you know, to the other Batman v Superman movie that Marvel did um, where they've got a villain trying to pit heroes against each other and be super smart. That movie tells you but he's smart this one showed us that yeah. Lex was smart and watching it again i came to really like him on screen because he was putting the heroes on their toes he was putting a fire to them and he was outsmarted he outsmarted them until the very end like and- had had he had his druthers it would have superman be dead
1: yeah and just the sheer joy that you get in a villain pulling off their role. It's something you don't see outside of the Joker in like in any comic book movie. But when he throws Lois Lane off the building and Superman shows up, he is as happy as a kid at Christmas. All of his plans have been paying off. And just that, whoa, we have problems up here. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> he is exploding with joy of how much he was able to pull off.
0: Because he thinks he has the power now.
1: Yeah. Well, because yeah, he, I- he has backups for his backups he know like he is planning for his own eventual failure with doomsday like he knows that like uh yeah i'm putting batman up against superman but let's be honest it's batman and superman they might still figure a way out of this i gotta have a backup plan <laughs> like
4: it's and, like well and it's just it's, the
0: type of evil where he schemes that's what he is he schemes he's always scheming yeah he can't he doesn't know how to stop scheming because if you stop scheming if you stop being paranoid you're going to lose your power.
4: Yeah. It's it's hinted throughout that he knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne as well because he's been manipulating Batman into hating Superman even more. Like, you know, with the choice of his um, patsy of um, – I forget the character's name, but Scoot McNary and the stuff that is written on those checks that are returned. You know, you let your family die. It's all It's all about, you know – Pushing him further and further, pushing uh, Bruce Wayne further and further to the, towards the edge, basically where he will he's gonna go off and try and kill Superman, and you know it's all about that manipulation. And you don't because the audience is not spoon fed it; they just don't see it. You know they don't see the fact that actually it's very well planned out. I and mean, people say, "Oh, it just just happens to be there." No, it was actually planned that that would happen. It's not like Civil War, for example, where, you know, the villain's plan working literally hinges on the fact that Iron Man will show up at a certain point.
0: I mean, that's the big difference with Zack Snyder, is what Brian has said and what we've said for many a year on A.T.H. and Behind the Hype and stuff. Uh, He's not a spoon-feed director. No, he... He trusts his audience. He assumes you're smart enough to understand... That this really smart villain's been scheming and he shows you parts of the scheme but you have to try to put the rest of it together or just accept it like and for some reason so many people have a hard time with that
1: yeah like the because i've said it many times zach trusts his audience almost to a fault like part of the reason why i think a lot of people don't like his movies is because it requires participation and i don't mean that in a negative way i'm not trying to sound like I'm, i'm holier than thou I'm just saying that sometimes his movies take more work than you would expect when you're watching fucking Batman and Superman, just fisty cuffs.
4: Yeah.
0: He's not he's making a comic book movie, but he's not making a popcorn comic book
1: movie. No, just like Frank Miller was writing a comic book and he just wasn't he wasn't just writing a comic book with the Dark Knight Returns, which is if you didn't know, this is a heavily influenced for this movie, like down to the costumes, the fight, a lot of it is straight out of Dark Knight Returns. He was a huge grand scope story there. That wasn't for kids. No, like that—that that wasn't ever intended. Absolutely
4: not. <laughs> just like
0: this one. Is and the, yeah, that's a lot. That's something that general audiences always struggle with. Yeah. Like we even have people in our lives that, whenever we start talking about comic book stuff, roll their eyes and be like, "You guys are still into that kid stuff." It's like, guys, it's that, not <laughs> just for kids. How do you still think that? How do people still think that?
4: Video games well, I think as think well, they're well they're get getting... the same, the same treatment. You know, you, you mentioned. To most adults, that you play video games, they roll your eyes you and go, "Oh God, what a child!" I've been like, you know, on dating profiles, there are literally things of like, you know, people say, "Nobody into video games. I don't want to be a mum to you or something." It's like, what? Because I'm into video games, that automatically makes me a child? No.
1: No, well, the fact that I'm a child makes me a child. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, but it's
3: interesting that we, we we're we're kind of in this avenue because. I think it's gotten worse that we've not been able to really separate the medium from its origins in terms of its intended age group um, it's kind of why we're seeing try we're seeing Marvel try to put more adult themes into their content and it, they're butting up against the problems inherent in how they've done things is that they're an all-ages medium they're, they're playing in an all-ages medium where Snyder has never been playing in an all-ages medium I mean all you have to do is look back at sucker punch to realize it Hey, he tried on a <laughs> He tried it, that was like a cool, but even then you could, there's some, like, you could see the strain there. Oh, yeah, especially it was a with, dark kids movie. <laughs> yeah, but especially with, like, the the schism that, like, Marvel and DC has seen to be going in, like, DC stuff has always been a little bit geared for older, but at the same time, there was a time where Batman was, his cape was blue, his cowl was blue, and his suit was gray, and everything was super bright colors, right? Yeah. So, we just, in our movie watching, we kind of have to place the genre on one thing, so, like we think anime is a genre right um we think comic book movies are one thing a, a monolith of it's all going to be childish and goofy and when we're presented with something that is not goofy that is it can have humor in it but still be very adult and we'll get into a lot of that with justice league it's a hard thing to reconcile with especially with this idea this popular pop culture idea that the comic book movie has to be bright sunshiny uh tidy tied up in a nice little bow with a big event. Like a, a theme park versus a, a deep psychological study of two flawed heroes.
4: Do we think if this film would have been allowed to be rated R, people would have seen it in a different light. Because if you look at if you, if you nah, look at I, like uh, how people reacted to Logan, you know that's R rated and you're going to go, oh it's a very mature take on superheroes. Know of people that hate
1: that movie. Yeah, I know so many people that hate Logan. But like the well, people, I wrong. just I think at this point <laughs> I think that the tipping point right now with Zack Snyder, I don't think it would have mattered right now as in 2016. I don't think it mattered what quality, what rating, what anything came out with this thing. People were primed to hate it. They were so ready to hate it. Cause some people didn't like man of steel, which I still don't get. Like the only problem for me in man of steel is the pacing's a little wonky, but otherwise I think the movie's great. Um,
0: a lot of people like to say too much Lois.
1: I mean, My problem with this movie is there's not enough Lois. Amy Adams is so good, and fucking hell yeah to Zack Snyder. How many... Name one movie. One movie where the romantic lead of a woman is nearly a decade older than the man. Find me one.
0: I mean, she's probably too old to be a Bond woman at this point.
1: Yeah, but she's nine years older than Henry Cavill. I know. Like, that's fucking awesome. Like, thank you for not being an (laughs) agent. I didn't realize that.
4: You can't tell.
0: And... To move into Lois Lane, the other very important female character in this movie, who has no superpowers other than her gumption.
1: And her Uh, ability to wait around very dangerous areas.
0: uh, Yes. (laughs) She's doing her own thing pretty much the entire time. She's not waiting around for Clark slash Superman to get over his moroseness. She's like, all right, you're going to deal with your stuff. I'm really sad about it, too. We need to figure this out, but also, I need to figure out who made this bullet, so I'm going to go to DC for a while. Like, she's not holding his hand. She's not his mother. He's got his mother in this movie, who's also not holding his hand. No,
1: like, they're very supportive characters in the way of, like, no, you keep doing your thing, but I'm busy. Yeah. Like and that is perfect Lois Lane. I, I think Amy Adams really shined as Lois Lane in Man of Steel, and then less so each movie past that, but that's because they started focusing more on the superheroes and less on her. I don't blame Amy Adams for that. I just no. don't think she had as much to do. But she still does a very good job in this movie. Like she her last moment with Henry Cavill where Henry Cavill's like, I love you and she's like, Don't say goodbye. No 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 like you feel every line mm-hmm. from her in that. Like yeah. she is so good in this.
4: The, the, the oh,
3: yeah just this whole rewatch with the, the the three movies is just really centered Lois Lane in such an important way, especially with the themes that this this trilogy is dealing with in terms of grief loss, PTSD and uh, coping and and a lot of heavy heavy things having that all there's such a humanity that she gives Lois Lane that it's like yeah she humanizes Superman. But he treats her as equal the whole time. Like there was that. Well, there's one scene that I, I, I think I love. As an equal
2: almost. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. There's a scene that I love so much in this that actually t- turned me 100 percent around on this movie. Um, when Superman appears to her after, I think he says he just sat her down. And he's like, I don't know what to do, and she kind of gives him that encouragement. Just like he looks to her as a, a more like a, a moral help, and it was. A very interesting thing, like their relationship in this, to me, just is so good, and I, <laughs> and it's the little things. Even though she doesn't get a whole lot to do in BVS, I do
4: really like the um just the interaction she has in the the desert with that warlord. Um, the the, the yeah. line that apparently a lot of people jumped on this is like, I don't know why they they hated the line, probably misogynistic reasons. But like she she has this, this line, I'm not a lady, and I'm a journalist, and it's a direct reference to a journalist called Marie Colvin, and she said to she actually said to a Chechen warlord who questioned her presence in this interview she had with him about her being a woman, and she said, "There's no woman in this room, only a journalist." You know, Marie Colvin is uh, she's this sort of female reporter. She died in a in Syria, I believe it was whilst whilst reporting, and it's just you know taking someone like Lois Lane and in, like being influenced by these real-life people who do what she does in these films, and feeding that into the film builds up this much more three-dimensional character, a much more interesting character, and actually someone who has got their own agency, realistic, like, you know, she's got her own story of, you know, the superheroes are going off and doing their thing, I'm going off and doing my job is to get to the truth. You know, she like a lot of her stuff was cut out as well, like I'm, I'm not. I'm like when I watched the ultimate cut, the the fact that the the half hour that was cut out was just like you know story, you know, all, all the, the plot, plot. Yeah, I mean, it's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Superman was oh, cut and out and of his own film.
0: Figuring everything out on her own.
1: Yeah, I'm never gonna understand the cuts in this one. Like, yeah, I, I just never, never, never. Will. It's
4: almost like though, like. Well, we can't have this woman figure these things out as well because like you know they cut out. It, the fact that it's Lois that figures out that you know, the, there's lead line, the lead lining in the thing, the 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 whole thing of her going back to the guy's apartment and realizing that he was set up was cut out, as well. You know, it's just yeah. I don't know the, the I I don't think we'll ever understand the reasoning behind it. I, I genuinely think it's like, oh, just cut that out. There's no Batman in there. There's no Superman in there. Just cut that out. But the the story doesn't make yeah. sense. So I don't, we need to get it. We need to get it under three hours. We need two and a half hours. Where? <laughs> <I laughs> I mean, that
1: that was the, that was the note. I there think probably you. probably was. Yeah. I think you just channeled it there. perfectly. Yeah. Get the woman out of there and all that other boring crap. They, and just can you? They
0: complained about her in Man of Steel, so let's just get her out
1: of this one. <sighs> let them fight. Just, <laughs>
4: just let let them movies fight. be as long right, as they uh, need to be. We...
1: right how fucking hard is that um missions are actually quite pleasant in movie theaters oh my god when we got to see the roadshow of hateful eight and it had a 15-minute intermission, like oh Oh my my god God, that was so nice i (laughs) can pee
0: and i don't have to run
1: oh yeah Um, that was great for the kill bill experience too oh for sure (laughs) Okay, so we've been talking quite a while about this thing, and I I think we we, we got to start wrapping this thing up. I, I got to be nice to future me, to future editor me, because mm. <laughs> he's already gonna be mad that we're over an hour. So uh, I'm sorry, future me. Give yourself a coke. Uh, let's uh let's move into favorite moments and or quotes. If you have one of each, I'll take one of each. Um, it'd be kind of very easy to do with a movie this long. If you only have one, that's fine too. Well,
0: one of my favorite quotes from this movie is always Lex Luthor when he's uh, taunting Superman, and Superman's very distraught about his mother, and he wants to know where she is. And then Lex Luthor just says with a giggle, I wouldn't let them tell me.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't let them tell me. He's just
0: so proud of himself right there. Like, it's just it's like how you were talking about with the other line that he says, about Oh, we got troubles up here. But yeah. It's like, just the delight. It's a wonderful execution
1: yeah just the all my plans worked look at this <laughs> i'm so smart
0: yeah. i have superman on his knees
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh so mine i, I kind of hinted at earlier and, and I'll, I'll bring it back up here again it would have been my stand up and cheer moment and it's when wonder woman comes crashing into the doomsday fight I, I know a lot of people didn't like the doomsday fight he looked a little bit like a cave troll There, there's some problems with it 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 didn't really feel as earned as i hoped it would have even as a diehard fan of this movie it still feels a little like and doomsday's here um but when she shows up for the fight all of that caring all of my nonsense about it is just fucking out the window i'm like awesome this is great yep kick his ass and then she starts fighting it's like oh that's fucking wonder woman look at her go man like that's fucking cool
4: like there's just joy in her face when she's fighting
1: Oh yeah, and this everything about it too. Like the like Batman and Superman just being like she with you? <laughs> I thought she was with you. Like I love that. It's just so good. Like oh wow, she is way better than both. And of And one woman's line <laughs> before a that. has her
0: face of a seasoned, seasoned vet who hasn't had a chance to play in a
2: while,
1: and she's yeah.
4: like,
2: "Oh, this is where we're gonna go. Oh.
1: Woo!" Oh, well, I, I can actually hit
4: this and it's thing. She's like, <laughs> she "That line's like, I've killed things from other worlds before." And she pulls the sword out, and then there's the then there's the issue with you thing. I just that line that she has there, it's just so badass. And like Gal oh. sells that so much. I mean. Again, she was shit on so much before the film came out. Like, oh, that's not Wonder she, Wonderman, she, she's,
3: she's too skinny. Silly.
4: She's not got she's big enough boobs. <laughs> she's too short. Oh, fuck off.
1: Yeah. Within two seconds, like, oh, wow, no, she's, she's pretty kick-ass. Like, that was Sarah Connor Level's awesome.
4: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt, what about you? I've got a I'll, – I'll give you a favorite moment, and I will try to pick one quote because I've got just a, a myriad of quotes here. Um, Most of them, (laughs) Alfred quotes. (laughs) Uh, But my favorite moment—we
1: didn't really talk about him all. He's so fucking good in this movie. He's
4: so good. Uh, My favorite moment though has got to be the—it's the warehouse scene. Like I would say, Wonder Woman. But that warehouse scene is like we're saying—it's the best hand-to-hand combat scene in any sort of comic book movie. You know, I would say it's up there in any Hollywood movie as being like a best hand-to-hand combat scene. Um, the I love the the little references to the to move the moves in the Arkham games. Like you know, anyone who says that Zack Snyder is not a comic book fan, fuck off. They there is so much stuff littered through this film, which is clearly just references to comic books. Like that's, that doesn't need to be there. Like you've got Ace Chemicals in the background in one shot.
1: I mean you have lex luthor's uh prisoner number yep. which is ac and then the date the first action well, bomb, comics but ac ac
4: 20 i think which is action comics 20 and then the then the year that it came out
1: oh, it's geez. it's crazy <laughs> um but yeah so
4: that that whole warehouse scene it's just so brutal it's batman being very brutal in the fight but you've got you know all of these the things like You've got the bit where the guy like shoots him in the back of the head with the gun, like point blank, and he just gets mad. It's like, ah, you fucking bastard! you oh, come in! Like, just turns on and like beats the crap. out of him. He gets stabbed,
1: and he gets mad, and takes the knife out and stabs yeah. the guy with. It. It's like he's so <laughs> Ow, fuck you. good
4: in that scene. Like, I don't know how much of it was Ben Affleck. I'm guessing that it was like you know the the ups we see of him just like you know pulling the knife out and stabbing was Ben Affleck, and the rest of it was like a stuntman. But it's just the whole planning of it as well you know the whole way the execution i mean um you know he starts off on the floor below blows out the the ground and then goes up before everyone realizes and they're all sh- they're all shooting downwards and then he's actually above them and like you know throws all those charges on which disables most of the guns it's so good i mean it is just it's oh yeah batman at his peak he's so brutal <laughs> I-
3: I wish I were that good in Arkham Knight. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) If you could do, like,
4: in Arkham Knight, being able to do all those in in sequence and not fuck up and, like, hit the wrong button, Jesus, that would be impressive. For the Um, favorite quote, it's going to be so difficult because I can, with the alpha ones as well, you can either go comedic or really serious because he's just so good in it.
0: That's just really Jones on the the British guy in this movie.
1: I know the British guy likes the British guy. Um. I mean, it's Jeremy Irons, though.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Big freaking surprise! <laughs> I think Jeremy Irons is the best alpha we've we've, we've had as well. Um,
0: he might be the British best British guy.
1: Uh, do, do you know who the worst one is? You ready for this? It's Michael Caine. Yes, yes, it He's a fucking, fucking is. Shit, Alfred. He
4: really is. He's just playing Michael Caine. Like I, I, <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. I don't think I ought to, be able to go back and watch the Nolan Batman films and enjoy them anywhere near as much anymore, because there's just. Uh, I, I did recently. Uh, I still. And they, they still.
1: They're, <laughs> they're still good. Well, the,
4: yeah, they're are. still good. It's just. It's not yeah, Alfred, but there's, really, there's a lot no, of things with yeah, it. I at just think he just him doesn't. In the Batcave really
1: doing anything. No, you know what Alfred doesn't do? I quit. <laughs> yeah, It's <laughs> <That's> not Alfred. <laughs> Sorry, go so ahead. I'm, I'm going to qu- go
4: with, um, it's the bit where Doomsday is sort of like out and uh, Batman says, what's happening out there, Alfred? And Alfred just sort of takes a pause and goes, how best to describe it. <laughs> 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 it just, it's such a good oh. moment. It's just so well delivered as well. I just I love that.
3: That was awesome. Uh, john what about you uh for the serious moment i've got a, a funny quote and a serious moment and the moment that i i really liked was when uh, clark goes up to the mountain has a talk with ghost jonathan kent and just jonathan kent gives that story about moving the stream and drowning the other horses while he eats his hero cake and it was just it was a very good moment for me watching now having the fullness of this this the fullness of this trilogy going it was just a very good moment and a very kind of emotional one too that just ends on kind of a i miss you too dad it was a very heavy and poignant and very emotional moment for me it's a good one but then on the flip side yeah very good uh then the uh, the the funny one though is an alfred one which uh, we need to mention it because <laughs> ever since the age of age of seven you've been into the art of deception like mozart to the hopsegold You've never been too hot at lying to me. And I'm like, oh, that's that's a huge characterization right there and a quip. And I really thought that was a very juicy line.
1: Yeah, like Mozart to the hopsicord. Like, at, at, what? <laughs> <laughs> <Can> you... <laughs> Thanks, Alfred. I have no idea what you mean by that. <laughs> Bruce Wayne probably would. Listen to more music. <laughs> I can't. I'm too busy being a bat. Like, that's why I'm always going to love... Nolan's Batman movies because he still has the best line ever when Alfred quote unquote Michael Caine opens a window and he goes ah bats are nocturnal <laughs> <laughs> that will yeah. still make all of his Batman movies at least somewhat worthwhile that movie it's so good I do I do love um, that
4: I don't deserve you Alfred no sir you don't and it's just <laughs> <laughs> he's so good he's, he's really he's just like he's an Alfred as well who's just like oh god I, I gave up on trying to trying to get him to change long ago so i'm just going to be a bit bitchy and bitter at this point as well
0: the one one thing that you that i was ta- looking at while watching this movie brian brought up age things and i was just like well, how old would he have been uh so when bruce's parents died uh Alfred would have been roughly 21, 23, something like that.
3: He'd
1: be a little young to be taken care yeah, of. Yeah, like... and I'm
0: like, what did he do to make the Waynes
1: go, you? Yeah, like, I just got you... my job here, and now I'm raising a billionaire's child. <laughs> For the rest of my life. This is me now. Yeah, it was
4: 1981, wasn't it, that, when they died, so so it's what, yeah 40, no, 35 years to to two thousand uh, and sixteen.
2: <laughs> well, that was let, looking let's just,
1: at the ages of the actors. Yeah, we're going yeah. off, but okay. Yeah, that's yeah. It's it's a little ridiculous. Um, but we, we got to do double features, and then we got to do plugs, and we got to say goodbye. We're already at like an hour and a half. I'm losing my <laughs> mind. Um, <laughs> so double features for BVS. No explanations. Just tell me what you're gonna watch with BVS. Chewy, what you watching?
3: John, what you watching? <laughs> uh, I have to watch Justice League after this. I know it's the easy one, but like I can't not and I had that same problem I had to I had to sleep after watching this this movie. I was like but I have to watch the next one like I you must. have to but I must if not for the emotional catharsis like I was like, yeah, you really need to. And I know it's I know it's cheap. I know it's cheating, but I can't not watch the two of them together. I have a I mean I can't physically do that as a, an adult parent, but you get it. I can't uh, oh, not. I, oh, I get it. Uh, Chewy, what about you?
0: Mean girls. <laughs>
2: oh gosh. Perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Want to watch the thing about men being super emotional and just going like, oh, we need to fight each other. Mean girls. They're kind of being emotional and they're trying to fight each other, but you know, like mean girls.
1: Mine is going to be, uh, it might seem a little out there, but, but since I'm not going to describe it, it is what it is. TMNT from 2007. Okay. All, right. all right. I could explain it. I could make it work, but I told myself I wouldn't. So Matt, what are you, what are you doing? Well, I was going to go
4: with the <laughs> same as John, but I'll throw some. Yeah, because every time I get <laughs> every time I get to the end of this, I always like I actually sit through the end credits on this one every time I watch it because I just love the music. That's like the the film music oh, itself sorry. is brilliant, but I just always like you know the the tracks that they use on the end credits. So I just listen to it, and then at the moment, like the way I've got things like uh, set up, is it it goes straight onto Zack Snyder's Justice League. So then it's like I I start watching like the first few minutes. So I've seen that opening of Zack Snyder's Justice League more times than I've seen the actual film because it's then like I don't have four hours to watch. It's it's night. It's ten o'clock at night. I don't have four hours to watch this, but I really want to. So at some point I will, like, you know, set aside seven hours and just watch them both back to back. Um, But to be a little bit different, because that's already been chosen. I'll just go with um, the animated uh, Dark Knight Returns.
1: I I wish I liked that movie as much as you did. I enjoy the animated Dark Knight Returns, but it's just not my favorite. I'm not a huge fan of the cast. Did I see that one? Yeah, we watched it together it's good it's very good i just i feel like it should be i think
4: great. it's it just i think it's way bad. better when you watch the deluxe version where it's the when the both both parts are just edited into one and you don't have that break in the middle
1: i i guess i haven't watched it like that so that you could be onto something there because i mean i've read the book more times than i can count I've even read i've read all three of them two of them are great <laughs> One where Robin becomes the bad guy. And not like any Robin. It's Dick Grayson. He just goes nuts. And it's like, what am I reading? What, what is that happening? That strikes again.
4: Because I've make heard any that sense. that's pretty
1: bad. Yeah. Yeah, mm. that one's not good. The third one, the one that we were talking about beforehand with Superman's daughter, that one's really good. But the second one, mm. skip it.
0: Hmm. I just want to leave this saying, if you watch Mean Girls, think about it. Is it a gender-bent thing and be like, which one, which Mean Girl Gets to be Superman, and which Mean Girl gets to
1: be Batman? Oh fuck, that's a really good question. I'm not gonna answer it here. I, uh, I think we need to move into plugs. <laughs> we're gonna move to plugs, and then we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye. Plugs gonna be very easy for us here. AThPod.com for this and every show at the ATH Network, including things like Binge Buddies, which is on a hiatus right now. uh Matt and I, and hopefully Joel or Graham, but definitely Matt and I will be back with uh who what when where and why we do in the shadows unless that title changes but the show will still be what we do in the shadows uh and that will be in june and i know i'm really excited for that i believe matt is too otherwise he's just being really nice to me no i'm really uh, excited he's actually here so he can explain if he's okay cool uh, I, I still think we should usually I have to speak <laughs> for you we
4: should go with mine which was uh, who what why when we who what why when where we podcast in the shadows but you know
1: i mean it's still good but who knows we'll find yeah. out the title could change uh, and then after that one, who knows what we're gonna do with Binge Buddies? I, I keep getting the feeling that we might do all the DC films, but who knows? We might, we might not. Harley Quinn.
3: Um, oh,
4: we really should do Harley Quinn. We it's really should. Good.
3: I would probably want to join for the Harley Quinn show because I'm rewatching that and just having a hoot. It's... an
1: absolute hoot. Oh my god! Would you stop with the owl jokes? The owl's a who was last <laughs> week. Uh, <laughs> John, what you plugging? Um,
2: <laughs>
3: stop yeah, being blinked. Like t- <laughs> i'll blow up the shrimp oh never mind um uh i'm playing demon days the actual play podcast that we do every other week we're still in our bi-weekly schedule and uh we recorded recently a couple episodes while we we're working around film schedules and uh yeah that'll you'll hear the first one uh before this before this airs hopefully well actually either way no matter what <laughs> and uh you'll hear brian's wonderful voice as the narrator
1: Hopefully that uh, that bartender can so. come back at some point. I really like that bartender. Create <laughs> a whole stable a new characters. I'm giving you. He makes his own. All right, beer. Clayface.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell but you yeah, his no. later. He's he's a really interesting dude. Yeah, but yeah, check out keep, check out the feed uh, for Demon Days. Keep listening, re-listen, go back and listen to old episodes, catch up, re-re-listen, love it, just
4: enjoy.
1: Any other plugs out there? Um,
4: I am trying to write an article at the moment. It's not, it's not, it's not going what? so well. I've done the research notes. I just, so no, yeah.
2: okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Maybe there may be an article going out sometime in 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 May from me if I can figure out how to just start the damn thing. And once I get it started, I think I'll actually be fine. I think it's just getting my head into that.
0: So Matt is plugging writer's block.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. Matt, a Matt is plugging. Matt is I've plugging, that one for like a Matt is plugging severe
4: stress from overworking, like a massive workload, which is killing all motivation to do anything other than just veg out and watch Bob's Burgers.
1: And you bought a house.
4: You've been I mean, the house is the less stre- the the least amount of stress in my life right now. To be honest,
1: I, I fuck you, Matt. We're done. We're <laughs> weird. weird. We're saying goodbye. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's weird that you said that. That's so weird, man. I'm so upset. What right least now? stressful? Houses are stressful. That's what? the way it is. Yeah,
4: that, c- your fucking com- 30s. compared to uh, compared to my job at the moment, the house is a cakewalk. <laughs> I mean,
3: we we just watched Batman v Superman, right? That's what housing now is here in Los Angeles. That's cakes
2: on
4: floor. What what else do you have on your floor? <laughs> do you not have cake? Oh, we do pies in America. Ah, pies. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. bye. bye.
2: Bye.